Three, two, one. Anthony Darby, Peninsula Podcast, and I am joined with the infamous Donnie Jackson. Donnie, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, first off, let's acknowledge that this was completely different from anything else you guys have ever seen. Um, Brandon Bell has been working behind the scenes to try to refine and um, really get our place setting dialed in for our podcast and our lunch and learns. And uh, we're sitting in a new room in a building, you know, at Snow Hill, we didn't have any room at all. And now we got, you know, all kinds of room to play with. And um, so this is the the next iteration before what you saw was us um, communicating and having our podcast in our conference room. And now we're, we're kind of set in a media room that's just dedicated to just uh, shooting these things. So I'm excited to be here. Brandon, thank you so much for setting this up. And um, it's, it's perfect that our first kickoff is with Donnie Jackson now. We had Nurse Laura on last time, and she has been on the podcast three times. Is this your third appearance as well? Yeah, this will be my third. I think. Oh, quick tie here. for league leader. I like it. I like it. It's heating up. Um, you came on, so you filmed one at the chamber. You filmed one at PNC, yep. or the that you know the downtown building, right? Yep. And now we're now we're here. That's awesome. Um, my hopes uh, today is why I had you up here was just to kind of provide. A recap of 2020. Um, I did this myself personally, so I kind of will guide the conversation, but I'm excited to hear your feedback and like your behind the scenes thoughts on some of these things that happened. Um, when I look at 2020, it's really interesting to me to be able to look at it. It's like a 12 month block in retrospect and not be living in it. So, um, I go to Facebook and I, I go to our highlights and I'm, I'm, what I'm looking at is like our, our most active engagements on these posts and, and kind of figuring out what, um, what gained some of the most interest throughout the year. And like, it starts off in January and this, it seems like forever ago, but like January 7th, I'm inter- doing an interview with the news cause Sheriff Lewis is trying to pass a bill. Remember that? Yeah. How long ago does that, does that feel like forever yeah, ago? That does feel like forever ago. It's it's crazy that like, you know, just literally like a year ago, almost to date, my biggest concern in the world was like, are they going to try to arrest people for like taking an edible or, or you know, consuming their medical cannabis? And um, <laughs> so like, you know, that was that was about three or four weeks of a sprint. And the outcome of that was really awesome. So um, uh I found it to be a very poorly written bill, um, but I understood Sheriff Lewis's, Sheriff Lewis's intentions and why he was trying to do it, and also Jamie Dykes, our, our state's attorney. Um, and I really wasn't thrilled that the bill was offered up, but what I was thrilled about was that as soon as I reached out to Sheriff Lewis, he took my call, we had an immediate conversation, and then, kind of blowing my mind, he shows up that Friday morning with himself, his three top lieutenants, yeah. Chief Duncan, Chief of Police, her top lieutenant, State's Attorney Jamie Dykes, Assistant uh, State's Attorney Bill McDermott, and they're ready to, to talk and have a conversation. And we give them a tour of the facility. We get in the back, and and Bill McDermott looks at me and goes, "All right, let's let's talk about the matter at hand and start getting after this." And I was like, "This is, is kind of cool." Um, and we were able to find that middle ground within like you know two or three minutes of the conversations. Like you know, I have kids. I don't want people just. Lighting up blunts at Shorebird Stadium in the middle of a baseball game if I have my kids next to me. And there's certainly parameters that are reasonable and expectations that um, our patients have already agreed to in their patient attestation form. So let's just model it off of that. And um, we end up getting that progress. And then, you know, 
because of COVID and some other things, it ended up getting having to get reviewed by um, the Maryland state's attorney, and it's just kind of chilled out. But it wasn't this adverse situation where we're fighting the sheriff and state's attorney. It was uh, everyone comes together. We, we craft a law that's best for Bicomico County, in my mind, and our patients. And um, it was like, wow, this, this is how we're going to get started, right? Yeah, it's amazing, man. We're lucky to have you, bud. Lucky well, to have you. I, um, I'm lucky to have you guys, and the, the business is and Dr. Hoffman, Mary Pat. We have this credibility now, um, and it's like you can't you can't just make it happen, right? We had to do the right thing day in and day out for the last three years, but now we have this full body of work. It's it's like the podcast, you know. In the very beginning, it was just a couple podcasts here and there, but we're over thirty podcasts now. We have a, a library, and and when you look at our podcast, it's a reflection of our expertise. It's a reflection of of us being able to demonstrate what we do day in and day out. And I just think it's, as I talk about, um, I'm, I'm writing a blog, you'll see, I'll be putting out a blog about 2020. And one of the things I talk about is just how much we've accomplished. And, and out of out of any other year in my life, 2020 brought more recognition to me personally for some of the things that I was being recognized for. And as cool as it was that my name was on the award, that award goes to the team. That's this, this, I'm at the point where we have 26 employees. There's, there's zero chance that you get to take full responsibility for anything at that point because there's 26 people that are all serving a part and a role and are part of our team and are getting after it that are allowing us to be recognized by the Baltimore Business Journal or get me an award that says that I'm the Entrepreneur of the Year, but I'm just, in my mind, I think I'm a good leader of, of amazing people, right? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, so we started off with... Um, with Sheriff Lewis, uh, we had a couple cool podcasts in January. We had um, Tim from I Love Compliance, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a way more interesting conversation than I was really expecting. And um, it was cool to um, dive into some of the other states' regulatory um, requirements and kind of get an understanding. And it just validates that if you're listening to this and you're a Maryland patient, like it's, it's far from perfect. But Maryland's program is so good. It is, man. It is. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, we we talk to people that you have friends that live in Delaware. When you yeah. go play poker in Harrington, you talk to folks. And look, yeah. um, RGM's father is a um, a patient of Delaware program, and he told me today, like the same few items all day, every day. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think Delaware seems to be doing some things to progress their program, and I'm really excited. Patients of Delaware deserve a better program. Yeah, they do. Are you going to say something? Or, oh, just, nah, yeah, they, um, they definitely deserve a better program. And um, their problem, quite frankly, is that it's vertically integration only. And if we were responsible for only selling what we could grow and process ourselves, we would have, you know, a, a tenth, of, yeah. a, uh, maybe less than that, maybe a twentieth of the product offerings. Because what we're able to bring is the collective efforts, once again, of... 17 processors today and, and 15 uh, cultivars and ideally within another 12 months you'll have at least five more cultivars and processors as well so um it in my mind it takes that larger community and i, I was talking about this this is kind of an interesting topic but i was talking to someone who said you know cannabis either needs to decide whether they are a farm in a, a pharmaceutical company or an agricultural um industry but no matter what none of them are vertically integrated Meaning that 
um, the gentleman that's growing the chickens for Purdue in Eden, Maryland, is not also at the grocery store selling them, right? Um, same thing with, with farmers. I mean, in, in micro concepts of farmers markets and stuff like that, you see that. But most of the time, the farmer is growing it. He's giving it to someone who's either making something with that raw material or someone who's going to be the end seller of uh, the goods from the farmer. But the idea of making the farmer be in charge of the retail side, the processing and the cultivation side, in my mind, is a fallacy. And that's something that Maryland did not do. And I'm glad to see it. If you Companies have the ability to do all three and at scale, awesome. But to make that a requirement seems tough. Yeah, I agree. Knowing what I know about the cannabis industry, I think those type of people are few and far between that understand and execute all three of those things well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So January, like you know, we got through the Sheriff Lewis. Um, gate if you would call it that um <laughs> we moved into february and like february is is kicking off with a go um it was black history month and we had uh jackie cohen roth who's got the teapad events uh we co-sponsored the event in cambridge with daryl hill yeah. it was phenomenal daryl hill gave an amazing speech um his experiences that he's gone through from being the first african-american football player to play in the acc um which saying that aloud sounds just crazy right um uh, to to doing business in russia in the early 90s as an african-american he really broke ceilings and broke down barriers um in a way that provided him with experiences that are really captivating and awesome to listen to. So uh, shout out to Jackie for throwing that amazing event in Cambridge and shout out to Daryl Hill for always being a great speaker and always entertaining. Um, we, uh, we started teasing a little bit in February. So in January, at the very end of January, we let Folks know something was coming, and Brandon took like a picture of the. There's a picture of me, like the mm -hmm. blurry building, blurry right? Yeah. People were guessing where it was at, yep. and like, um, so like we had, had the place under contract in, in January, and we knew that this was coming to fruition. But like at that point, it was just like the very beginning, and then we start teasing a little bit. So in February, we brought on Joey Gilkerson on the podcast. We brought Mayor Jake Day, which was huge to have our mayor come on and and give insight to what it's like. Um, being a, a mayor in a small conservative city and and knowing that cannabis is coming and how he approached it. Shout out to the city of Salisbury for, for being welcoming and looking at us as an economic driver and a, a good um, staple in the community, and they really helped us out. Um, we, at that point, I think we had just teased Peninsula Wellness was coming, right? But there was no logo, there was no website, there was no anything. It was just like we had met... The, we had met behind the scenes as a leadership team in January, um, actually the exact same time. So right when the Sheriff Lewis stuff was happening, I remember like being that being heavy on my mind as we were forecasting and trying to plan for um, for 2020. The four of us, Dr. Hoffman, Chuck Corpon, and myself, we went to Cambridge for like a retreat. And that's when we decided that we needed to bring a new brand to market, which is Peninsula Wellness, that would be more encompassing of the services of the campus. We were going to take away the cannabis leaf out of the logo and, and really try and make this a far-reaching brand, not just a cannabis company. And um, we came up with some other initiatives as well. Uh, 
and we were really fired up, you know, working at, and in February, you, you, you see the fruits of that, of that, and you really see us focusing on um, the new building and, and spreading the word about uh, Peninsula Wellness is coming. And then good old March. Mm. And it's, uh, it was interesting from a retrospective um, view to go back and look at like our messaging. And in like January, it's like, everything is great in February it's like more pop-ups than ever and like you know spring is here is coming and then all of a sudden it's just like special message from CEO Anthony Darby and then it becomes like we're cleaning Um, we're not letting anybody inside not yet that was the thing like that's that's the thing that was a progression right right? like in the beginning like you can see in my eyes like I I have no clue what's about to fucking hit me just no clue. I mean, I didn't, it was like, maybe we're going to close for two weeks or like, I don't know, but like, we're just going to flatten this curve. And then like, you know, I'm not, I've never been through a pandemic before. So, um, it's, it was really just like, like, we're going to clean and like, we're going to take some additional protocols and like, don't worry. And then like shortly after that, it's like, um, we're changing our hours and like, curbside is a thing and that's right yeah we went to taking phone orders and so slanted our hours I, I almost like forgot that we were only open from 12 to 5 for like several months yeah for a couple months and least. and and you're showing up at 9 30 getting in the hot seat waiting for that phone to just go bzz, 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 trying to take phone orders that was fun. bridget's taking phone orders yeah. in the other room with with other employees and like yep. I'm putting out messages on like, well, if you have an iPhone, all you need to do is just download this other browser and maybe you can do place it. Yeah, do people are giving me the old one finger to yeah. salute. Uh. Um, so we announced, I think we announced in March that we were going to implement iHeartJane, and and we started like we started the getting the ball rolling with that, um, and you start seeing like. I think you start really seeing the effects come in. You really start seeing the hours changing because we couldn't staff yeah. in the new model the way that we needed to. And, like, you had to have some level of staff that were off so that if there was a people get sick, it was just, yeah. like, it was crazy, right? It was. Do we have enough hand sanitizer for today? Do we have enough gloves? Yeah. Everyone At one point, everyone was wearing gloves and masks. Gloves and masks, yep. And sanitizer. Yeah. Man, um... It was wild, and then, and that was like I think March, March and April were kind of like the punch in the face in my mind. Like, um, we start seeing like, the way that we we market a lot of our our uh, well the marketing that we do is event 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 based and sponsorship oriented. So we start seeing the folk festival get canceled. We see the Salisbury Marathon get canceled. All these things that were like linchpins to our marketing efforts and and linchpins to how we were spreading our word. Everything is just getting canceled left and right. Delays. The grocery stores are crazy. We're understanding that um, our construction timeline is now going to be affected. There's no way you guys are getting in by summertime. Like your best case scenario is like end of summer, fall. It was just like there wasn't a lot of great news for us in uh in march and april and why some businesses were were getting ppp money and loans and you know we're not none of that applies to us we had all not all but we had a lot of the same um, business challenges those two months um that other businesses faced, but without any of the support and um and we weren't 
just being completely honest, we weren't suited to handle um, the new requirements of how we serve patients in the same way that some of our competitors were because they had different infrastructure. Either they had much bigger spaces. Oh, yeah. Different things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we, I think we were probably almost three months without letting anyone inside, right? Yeah, clo- at least, or close to it, for sure. And that was just chaos. I mean, that was like five parking spaces. Yeah. And- the building was small enough serving patients inside and then to push everyone outside. It was it was next to impossible to, to keep up. So around April, I know that, that like, I, I realized that, like, shit's going down. And it's unlikely that, that this is going away anytime soon. And the more agile and adaptable that we are to what's going on, the better we're going to be. And it, I also saw, like, I saw pain everywhere. I mean, you saw school kids that depended on the school system for lunches and food, going without meals. You had businesses that were closing down quickly. Um, and I remember pulling more, um, Brandon and Grace together um, outside at a picnic table because we couldn't be yeah. inside at that time and telling them that, like, I, I want to... Like, we're the beacon of wellness. We have to change our philosophy, and I don't want to be salesy. Like I don't care if we even. I don't even want to, to promote a product right now. Like I just. I want to talk about wellness. I want to talk about what people can be doing. Um, it doesn't cost any money um, to help themselves out. Things like breathing exercises and meditation, and right. um, and those guys took to it. And then I said, I want to take the marketing dollars that we have, and I want to not just sponsor things, but I want to go help people with these things. Let's go buy um, lunch for Camp Hope, the homeless community. Yeah. Let's um, buy pizzas on the Friday that was a teacher enrichment day, which meant kids were out of school and in the church street communities and some of the communities over there, they're not going to go without lunch if no one steps up. So we, we partnered with uh, Pastor Martin Hutchinson. He does the work. We just give him the cash and he's able to go and facilitate the, the hard work and, and make sure people are getting fed. And all of a sudden, um, I, f- I feel like I feel a tide changing. Like I feel that the good work that we're doing in the community is being received, and people are recognizing us. And um, some of the changes that we had to put in in March, like I heart, like you know, online ordering was was five percent of our total volume because it was wonky and it, it sucked through through our POS system, and um. There wasn't a lot of incentives for our patients to do that. And then COVID happens and online ordering and, and curbside pickup or everything at every restaurant and every pharmacy. Um, we stood up iHeartJane in 75 days, 60 days. Um, and you fast forward six months and now more than 50% of all of our business is outside. Yeah. Um, so shout out to iHeartJane for being a platform that was... Uh, implementable in a reasonable time frame and has supported our business to allow us to continue to do what we need to do and serve our patients. But yeah. um, I, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get to is just in May, like some of the things that we had to start in, in March and April, they, they finally started coming to fruition. I felt like we started hitting a, a run rate again with our marketing efforts. Um, people were engaging with us and, and things started to get a little bit um, 
a little bit more concrete. And at the same time, in March and April, we're still doing a ton of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we're working on logos for wellness. We're building out the wellness website, getting some of the, the requirements around there. And um, start feeling more confidence. And then I believe it was June that we pulled you out of the dispensary. June yeah. 1st. Yeah. June 1st, I did a video and announced that... Um, we were suspending the phones mm -hmm. until we got to the new business yep. because iHeart Jane was there and iHeart Jane was the preferred way that, that our patients were going to place their orders. Yeah. And I'm 90% sure in that same message I talked about, and I'm 100% sure, I talked about um, you being promoted and us because of the um, not allowed pa patients inside, we were going to move patient services to the new campus in the meantime, which I believe was just the desk that we were hoping, like, we weren't even sure if anybody was going to come where we were going to put them. Yeah. Um, and that was the, uh, so a couple of things, like, I would, that was honestly another one of the beginning of the fallacies where we tried to, to put too much division between wellness and the dispensary. And in June, you kind of really jumped out of the dispensary almost 100%. I mean, you were, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I started working on patient services, First. and I was out of the day-to-day -day stuff of the dispensary. And I was too, mm -hmm. and so was Mary Pat, and um, and the the end the end result of that was is that our presence was missed in the dispensary when we were gone, and um, I've, we've definitely gotten caught back up, and we're in the best position we've ever been in to serve patients at our new facility. But this was kind of our mindset was is we we need to to branch out, and there was so much work to be done on the wellness side so much we were building everything from scratch and without a lot of resources yeah. um and the dispensary was was in the shell of itself anyway i mean at that point we start letting patients back in around that june july uh time frame and it wasn't pretty i mean it yeah. was like it was those two like makeshift it was bad yeah registers it was at a at a lower capacity so it was even if you were there waiting in line you were still waiting uh, still serving great. a lot of people in the outside yeah. curbside um so it really wasn't that great but we were continuing to make some progress and then july and august is really when you start seeing the building come to fruition um we start uh, seeing a community room come into place and we start giving like tours to some of our VIP patients. Mm -hmm. You and I broke up into two yeah. groups, right? Yeah, that's fun. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we start making our way towards like that August, September and that was like kind of the, uh, the great transition where we went from, by the time we left Snow Hill, I felt like <laughs> it was really like a car. It was like, the, the first Honda Honda Civic you get, it's got 200,000 miles when you got it. So you put another 20,000 miles on it, and your 20,000 miles included no oil changes. Yeah. You just ran that thing. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I handed it over like it was still smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, we transitioned in three days, which is pretty amazing, right? It, really amazing, yeah. I got to be honest. I, I was impressed that we only closed, we closed... Not even early on a Saturday. We closed on mm -hmm. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, at, we, well, we didn't close. We were open yeah. on a Saturday, and yeah. then we we when we closed, we started doing some of the the pre work. 
moved, nothing happened on Sunday, and we moved that Monday, and then we were we we did a soft opening Tuesday afternoon, and then opened the public Wednesday open morning. Public on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, that's a crazy turnaround when you think a whole business. Yeah, and there were some aches and pains. I mean, it it wasn't. The business doesn't look like it did when we first opened that day. We, we've made a bunch of uh, adaptations, and um, you know the wellness side was really thin. We've we've come leaps and bounds there to get more products and get more things in place there for yeah. for folks. Um, what do you remember? Like, what do you remember about the first week? Uh, so, I guess there's definitely a level of uncertainty. You know, even come, even being with us since the beginning, I didn't really know what it was going to be like. I felt it was going to be busier because there's more access to us with the parking and stuff, you know. So just the ability to have uh, more people here at one time, I thought it would be, it'll be cool. We'd be busier. I was 100% right about that. <laughs> it was uh, those first couple of days, I think Cody lined up uh, pop-ups and man, we were, wow, it was just person after it was curious they were good pop-ups yeah too. they were the great ones too they were the best ones uh and that's so, when i realized that we needed a buzzer system for the line yeah so it's funny i don't know if this is bad or good but i felt like as soon as i saw that i was like damn we could have used a bigger parking lot <laughs> like holy shit so but, it's a great point like um sorry i uh, no no no, you, I said fuck earlier. And you cry, apologize right. about damn. All right, sorry, <laughs> this is going on PBS. <laughs> I promise you. Um, so I literally had all right. So we map out everything the best we can, and we have all the space and fifty parking spaces. And in my mind, like this is like the holy grail. Yeah. And three hours into our first day, I go. So my office is on the second floor, and we have a little kitchenette with the, uh, the window that faces the parking lot. And I walk in to grab a water, and out of the corner of my oh, eye, oh my I see a like a line of cars, and they're blocking all the parking spaces. And then I'm realizing that cars are stuck on Mount Hermon Road. And I walk to the other side of the building and realize that oh oh shit, they're like they can't even get in the parking lot. Wow. I realize that my next door neighbor's parking lot that hasn't been filled in the Last 180 days of construction, all of a sudden, packed. Jam-packed. 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 Oh, by the way, we're banging into their building. Because oh. when we were hitting their building, oh, our the patients, uh, we had to realign the way that our, our parking spaces were aligned because it wasn't conducive. And it, it actually, if you weren't paying attention, it was kind of easy to back into uh, our neighbor's building. Yeah. <laughs> it may have happened. <laughs> Might have happened a couple yeah. times. They're great neighbors. I might have, I might have had I might have had the regional director come down from Philadelphia to introduce herself to me and ask what we could do about some of these situations. Um, but but so it was it was it was humbling that we had this huge space, all those parking spaces, and it was still required really good logistics and and really had to make sure that we were maximizing our efficiencies to make it work. And and right. I did feel a little bit like. This place is not as big, this place is nowhere near as big as I thought it was. Yeah, and um, and if we're going to continue to grow, we may eventually need to to go to our patients, yeah. and that's one of the things that we're going to look into in twenty twenty one. Is if we want to continue to grow at the rate, what does this is just exploration, but what does delivery look like in a very close proximity to our dispensary that we can service our patients within county. Right. Um, because we have over 550 patients that run through our dispensary now right. on, on some days. And that's a lot of people. And That's one day. 
and, yeah, it's one day. That's just one yeah, day. Just one day. Yeah, that, that's that, one day. That was that was one day last week, that's... and that happened twice in the last week and a half. Um, and what I would argue is is that we. I don't want to get political, but this is why um, sometimes there's a a conflict between business and government and regulation. And the way that we're regulated only allows us to have one location. And if we were any other business in the world, you would have taken your success that we had at Snow Hill Road, we would have gone to the bank and said, we have proven that our model is very effective. I need a second location to better serve my patients. Please give me a loan for my second location. And I would start a second location, and ideally that would go well, and I'd build out a third, a fourth, and a fifth. But the cannabis industry says you're only allowed to have one location. So with the volume that we do, besides having like a secret, it's like yeah. one location is going to be tough no matter what, right? Absolutely. Um, so we have the space. And and it's also interesting. And was, my head's all over the place, but I'm thinking about this. It's also interesting to think about how, quite honestly, 350 patients almost shut us down day one and day two mm. and now we roll through 550 and it's pretty smooth yeah um our our team has adapted our processes have evolved downstairs so that we are night and day better than we were when we first opened but it's just a logistics issue i mean if you bring that many people through one single building at one single location there's going to be congestion right and congestion is not great to have during covid nope um so we, you know, but I think we've done the most with it. We put in a buzzer system. Um, we've kind of advanced. I remember, I remember, you know, it's funny you talk about like the uncertainty, like, you know, I have no clue what to expect. Like, you know, we're just going to open these doors and we're going to navigate through. And the first couple of weeks, um, especially on the wellness side, were like humbling. Um, we realized that we were really going to have to bring our A game and really drive the value and education of what we're doing on that side of the house because although it makes complete sense to us, it wasn't apparent to um, our total patient base. And then also the foot traffic and just the general public, you know, we canceled, <laughs> we canceled a groundbreaking, we canceled a ribbon cutting, we canceled um, a business after hours, we canceled several opportunities that would have allowed people to come to our campus and experience it firsthand that really in my mind we never made up for and 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 we will in 2021 when as the vaccine proves um efficient and we start getting back to normal but though the dispensary as an essential business and as a business that had a patient base following for three years you know we took a hit in the uh, q2 into q1 but the business the business grew we added patients and it, it was better off the wellness is the one that that, that didn't have that insulated license of a cannabis right. that, that kind of like took us a little bit um but i was really i was really happy with how we ended up at wellness at the end of the year yeah me too um and a lot of that is is to your efforts and i, I thank you for for leading the helm down there um and understanding that we needed we needed more um we needed more cannabis accessories to better support our patients. They yeah. should not have to go somewhere else for some of these essentials that we need. And it makes more sense for wellness to be down there. And I wasn't sure from just an optic standpoint of how great that was, but I truly buy into it now. And sometimes I'm a little sensitive to these things. I can know? understand it. I understand it. You're not the only one. And I feel like you're sharing that same 
sentiment. You know? Yeah, it's not even my sentiment. You know, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me, right? No, I, no, but I, I, but but I, I, I try to put from. my. I try to be mindful of the. Yeah. We, the person we built this suspensory around for good, bad, or other was a seven-year-old woman that got Lyme disease for the first time. We wanted to make sure that when she walked through our doors, she felt comfortable and wasn't put off. Yeah, and that was. That was my vibe here as well. And in the wellness shop, I didn't want it to look like a, a head shop as right. soon as you walked in, and it right. doesn't. Um, we have some really, really great supplements and um, products that are focused around health. And then we have some products that if you are a cannabis user and you need a new bong or you need a, a dab ring or you need a banger or you need a carb cap, we got it now. One-stop right. shop. So, yep. And we're gonna, and you're working on building that out. Yeah, I, I've... I would say over the next three months, uh, you should expect to see the wellness retail shop just evolutionize into a little, a little more. You know, we're just going to try and, like Darby said, we're going to try and offer everyone a little something to support their reason why they're here. Yeah, yeah. and um, and of course, you know, with the, we started to do a couple of events, uh, in person, lunch and learns, and things like that. They were selling out. We were doing good with them. They had, we were in limited numbers because of COVID, obviously. But, right. um, and then by like October, November, it just it seemed insensitive. If you couldn't go to Thanksgiving, then why should you come here? Anthony Darby talk about turbines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we shift everything virtual, right? Yeah. So what I'm excited for in 2021 is I think that, um, I don't think it's happened as quickly as as I would like, as nothing ever does. But we've adapted to a very virtual content offering and allowing people to digest these things on YouTube and digest all these different pieces of information um, that I think when we open our doors in 2021 for these public events, and, and it is safe to do so, you know, I know that there's a demand for it when we do it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, What's the thing, this is put you on a spot, but is there one thing that you're most excited for in 2021 with the, the campus dispensary? Um, well, I, th- this is an honest spot answer, so there's probably more fruitful things. But one thing that I've really been looking forward to is having the ability to have our full team under the same roof and us all work towards the same goal. I feel like for the last three years, We've all worked together, but we've kind of been pushed our separate ways and put here and there. But now that we're here, uh, I, I think it's going to be cool to see what we're capable of doing and what we're capable of offering to patients. That's definitely top of my list as well. And um, I alluded to it earlier, but we we started off in 2020 with a very divisionalized outlook. And part of that is because of one of our businesses is federally illegal and one is not federally illegal. Right. And there's only so much continuity that we can have between them before both businesses become fairly legal right um but i think that being honest i think i erred way too far on the separation side of it and it was at the cost of our patients experience and now i know that um you know you have a presence in the dispensary on Mondays now, mm-hmm. um, and Mary, uh, Dr. Hoffman is doing pop-ups in the dispensary and getting back in there. And um, if there is a, a, a patient services issue, like you can walk and open a door, and like you're right there. And, and right. Cody is talking to um, the wellness side more. Wellness is talking to Cody, and, and everything is really starting to to come together. And I think out of all the things. 
That was a good answer for being put on the spot, Donnie. I think that's probably the that's what's in my mind. That's going to be the biggest driver of the cool things to come in 2021 is the fact that everyone's under one roof now, and we have a lot more continuity. Even in our marketing efforts, um, Brandon was kind of in the same boat of focus on wellness, 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 and now that that's built. I think the thing I'm most excited for is we built so much in 2020. We built a new location. We built the website. We built the brand. We built the. We're not building a whole lot right. this year. We're we're growing. We are naturing and nurturing, but we get a chance to kind of go from good to great in my mind of all these good things that we built and really make them uh, awesome and continue to build upon that patient experience and and that's what gets me gets me fired up. Yeah, same here, man. I'm I'm all about the patience. That's awesome, man. I think that's probably a good place to stop. Thank you so much for joining me and running through 2020. Um, let's make sure we get you on one more time soon so you can be in first place, the league leader of podcast appearances. Yeah, you hear that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I feel so blessed to be part of this team. Uh, I just can't, I can't wait to see what we do, man. Donnie loves nothing more than being stuck in a camera having to be recorded talking, so <laughs> we'll get him on here more. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, everything you do for our patients and, and one of my best friends in the world, man. Thank you so much. My man. Signing off.